Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise the Lord. Have you found 1 Corinthians chapter 2? And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. He goes on in verse six. He says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. That is, they didn't know the wisdom of God. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, when he refers to rulers in verse number six and in verse number eight, he's not talking about the Roman government. He's not talking about natural human rulers. Hold your place there and right here and go with me to Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. And notice in verse 20 says when he which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion now these designations principalities powers might and dominion these are terms that refer to different levels of demonic powers. Notice that Jesus was seated at the Father's right hand far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Now we know this from different passages of scripture uh, if you go over to the sixth chapter of Ephesians, you'll see this in verse number 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of this age, or the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So this is referring to the fact that in the spirit realm, in the heavenly realm, not, not in heaven where God is, 
But in the heavenly realm, there are arrayed against the, the people of God and the plan of God, these principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. If you turn back to uh, the second chapter of Ephesians, verse number one says, In you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So again, you see a reference to the fact that in this spiritual realm around us, there are these evil uh, authorities, these evil spirits, you should say. And so notice in chapter one again, that when Jesus was raised from the dead, he was seated at the Father's right hand far above all these principalities, powers, mights, and dominion. All these different uh, levels of spiritual operations and, and spiritual powers. And every name that's named, not only in this age, but that which is to come. And God put all things under his feet, Jesus' feet, and gave him to be over overhead over all things for the benefit of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now these evil spirits called principalities, powers, uh, uh, and so forth, these evil spirits are here. We can't get them out of here. In other words, we can't command them to, to go into the abyss. Remember when Jesus was in the synagogue, there was a man there with an unclean spirit and then the spirit cried out and said, I know who you are. He said, if you come here to torment us before the time, they knew that they had a time uh, uh, of operation, that they had the freedom to, to be here. And notice Jesus didn't send them into the abyss. Instead, he just cast them out of the man. So evil spirits have the right to be here, but they don't have the right to dominate us. Because Jesus defeated them and put them under his feet. So that's, those are the rulers that he's talking about. Go back with me then. Uh, in fact, in, go, stay right here in Ephesians 1 for a moment and see this. It says, far above all principality. How many of you are reading in a New King James Bible this morning? Notice there's a little uh, number one by that word. If you look it up in the margin, it says rule. Principality, the word power there is actually authority. The word might is the word power. So rule, authority, and power, and dominion. Now sometimes these, these words are used interchangeably, but simply they simply re uh, refer to the different levels of, of spiritual uh, darkness that operate in this world. Now, so I just wanted you to see that. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 again, or chapter 2 rather. 1 Corinthians 2. We speak wisdom, verse 6 says, among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age. This is talking about uh, these demonic rulers. Because the, because the spirit of this age, we just read it in, in Ephesians chapter 2, that the, the, the spirit that now works 
in the sons of disobedience. These evil spirits are the ones who produce the wisdom of this age. Sometimes as Christians, we, we look at the philosophies, the ideas, and the, and the way the world thinks, and we wonder, what in, the, what in the world is wrong with people? How can people believe such twisted and perverted and, and things that, that on a natural level don't even make sense? but they're committed to, why is that? It's because that's the wisdom of this world that comes from these rulers. They produce this false, uh, uh, these false ideas and they hold people in bondage to these things because people don't know the truth. Well, when people know the truth, they can come out from under that. Amen. So let's go back to, to, to two, one or two, six again. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He said the rulers of this age the evil spirits who were behind the mob that took Jesus and led him before the high priest, the rulers of this age who were, who were working inside that, the, the, the office of the high priest when they condemned him to death, the rulers of this age who were responsible and working behind the scenes when Pilate, uh, even though he knew nothing, Jesus had done nothing worthy of death, in, in spite of that, because of his cowardice and because of the, of the rulers of this age and that wisdom that was given uh, to them in this world, he turned uh, Jesus over to the hands uh, of the Jews and sent his soldiers out to crucify him. Now it says here, that the rulers of this age who were behind this, see, the devil was behind it. The devil was stirring these people up. The problem is they didn't know the wisdom of God. If, they, if, the, rulers, if the rulers of the darkness of this world had known the wisdom of God, they would have never influenced men to crucify him. Now, why is that? What is it about Jesus' crucifixion? What is it about the, about the crucifixion of the Lord of glory? I mean, just those, those words right there are just so strange. They crucified the Lord of glory. Well, they didn't see him as the Lord of glory. But what was it about him being crucified, that if the rulers of this age had known what they were uh, 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 influencing and instigating men to do, they would never have known. They would, they would never have done it. They would have backed off this, oh no, let's don't do that. See, what they didn't know is that God had set this up. Jesus said, I came to this world for this very moment, oh, glory to God. By instigating 
the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ, the rulers of this age sealed their doom. Not just, not, now, I'm not just talking about in eternity. Their doom was already sealed in eternity. Their end, what was going to happen to them, their outcome ultimately in eternity had already been determined. That's not what changed. What changed was their rule now. Again, what was going to happen didn't change because Jesus went to the cross. What changed was their effective reign now. That's what changed. In verse number six, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Now those words, who are coming to nothing, are, those words are evidently very difficult to accurately translate because translators have come up with a, with a, a number of different ways of, of giving the sense of what that means. And the, and the King James says they're coming to nothing. Other translations say that these rulers have been dethroned. Another translation says, these rulers who are coming to their end. I like the translation that says, the dethroned rulers. If you read it that way, it begins to make more sense. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, the, the dethroned rulers of this age, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of these dethroned rulers knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. What these rulers didn't understand, what these evil spirits, what the, what the, the realm of satanic dominion in this world, what they didn't know was that when they crucified the Lord of glory, they put an end to their rule. They put an end to their rule. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. This is, this is called here the hidden wisdom. It was hidden in the Old Testament. You don't see this in the Old Testament. Now, in the Old Testament, you do see the truth that the Savior would come, that Messiah would come, and that he would pay for our sins. You see that in, in other places in the Old Testament. The, the one that most famously comes to mind, of course, is Isaiah 53. He, he bore our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. The iniquities, the sins, the transgressions were placed upon him. That was something that was revealed in the Old Testament. But this other part wasn't revealed, it was hidden. It was hidden for us. It wasn't hidden from us, it was hidden for us. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. 
How, how are we going to tap into this hidden wisdom? How, how is it going to be made known? It's not hidden from us. It's hidden for us. Amen. Well, let's keep on reading. Verse 9, as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man who is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Modern religion and even Christianity, modern Christianity has stopped right at the door, right inside, just right inside the door of salvation and they've not gone any further. They've just stepped right in and that's all they've preached is just the first step into the kingdom of God. Now somebody could argue, I call it the basic salvation message. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, confess him as Lord, and you'll be saved, you'll be born again. That's the basic salvation message. And someone could argue, well, that's the most important thing. The most important thing is the basic salvation message because it's more important that people be saved and be born again so they can go to heaven. It's more important than anything. That's one argument. That's one way of looking at it. It's the most important thing. But the other side of the argument is that's only true if we have to choose. If we have to choose between just that part and more that comes with it, if we have to choose between the two, then certainly the first part is the most part, is the most important part, but we don't have to choose. Everything that belongs to us in salvation belongs to us. Not just the first part. Let me illustrate this. Go over with me to Ephesians again. Go to the first chapter. And let's look at verse number three. Blessed be the God and Father of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without, him, without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Now notice verse seven. This is what I mean by the basic salvation message. The church, again, modern Christianity, has focused almost exclusively on the first principle of salvation, what I call the basic salvation message, and it's in verse number seven. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. There's not a Christian anywhere in, the, in America that can't quote uh, 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 the second chapter where it says in verse number eight, by grace are you saved through faith. 
It's one of those fundamentals, one of those staples that everybody understands. But unfortunately, the church just stopped right there. And again, understand me, if you have to choose, then certainly that's the most important part, but we don't have to choose. We can have all of it. Notice that first part, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. But drop down to verse number 11. In him also we have obtained an inheritance. In him also, what does the word also mean? It means in addition to that, in addition to the forgiveness of sins, also we have obtained an inheritance in Christ. And the truth of the matter is, we don't have to choose between just the basic salvation, which is essential, but we have an inheritance that belongs. There are things that belong to us because we've been born again because we're in the family of God, because we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins. Now we're the children of God and there is an inheritance that belongs to us. And really, if you understood it properly, the basic salvation message and the basic experience of salvation would be very, very difficult to maintain if we didn't have the rest of it. Because, the, because the, the, the inheritance involves this other part, this part that tells us that these uh, principalities and powers were defeated and were put under the feet of Jesus for the sake of the church. And that when Jesus was raised from the dead, we were raised with him and were enthroned with him. You see, without that truth, without that reality, if Jesus had come, and paid for our sins and went to the cross, died on the cross, raised from the dead, sent it into heaven so that we could be forgiven, have forgiveness of sins and become a child of God. If, if Jesus had done that, but then left us in the same environment and, and left the principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world, if he had left them in a place of dominion where they, where they had been before he came, our Christian life would be very much different. In Romans chapter five, it says that by sin, that, that death entered into the world. It's not talking about physical death, it's talking about spiritual death. Spiritual death came through sin. And then it says that death passed to all men for all have sinned. Again, you gotta understand, it's not talking about physical death, it's talking about spiritual death, and I can prove that to you. Turn over to, to Romans chapter five. Romans five. Verse number 12, therefore just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Now the reason we know this is not talking about physical death, it's talking about spiritual death, is the next verse tells us that. It says, for until the law that is the law of Moses, before Moses came and brought the law. Sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Actually, it's in the next verse. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. 
even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is the type of him who was to come. Until the law, verse five, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned. Death reigned from Moses to Adam. He's saying something happened at Moses' day. In Moses' day, something happened. When the law was given, the children of Israel, by obeying the law and keeping the law, there was an umbrella of protection put over them. And as long as the children of Israel operated in that law, the effect of the, of the rulership and the dominion of darkness came to an end in their lives. They were under an umbrella of protection. They were, they, their, their sicknesses were healed and they were kept well. They weren't just healed, they were kept well. When the children of Israel were, were operating under the law, they were, they were victorious, they were prosperous, they had plenty. Their enemies were either at peace with them or they defeated their enemies. No enemy, no nation, no other people could come against the children of Israel and bring them into captivity when they were operating under the umbrella of the law of God, under that provision. What happened? Death ceased to reign or to rule in their lives. Spiritual death, spiritual darkness was held at bay because of their obedience to the law. Well, you know it's talking about spiritual death because people still died physically. If you read the, the Old Testament, read through, through uh, uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and all, all that when the law came, people didn't stop dying physically. But spiritual death was held at bay. Okay? So he's talking about spiritual death here. Amen. Now, go back to, to, to uh, Romans 5 again. Oh, we're there at Romans 5. Nevertheless, death reigned, verse number 14, from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who was a type of him who was to come. Now, Adam was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking about Jesus. Let's drop down to verse number 17 because we're tight on time this morning. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. You can see the reign of death in the world. Children of Israel, they didn't walk under the law very long. They backslid real easily. And when they backslid, when they got out from under the provision of the law, when they disobeyed God's commandments, the reign of death took over again. We see it over and over and over. They became uh, uh, prey to all of their enemies. They were defeated. They were sick. They were broke. They were just decimated. And, and we see that in human history. By one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. See, death reigned, sin reigned, and death reigned, and the curse reigned because the rulers of the darkness of this world had absolutely, absolute control over men. You notice in the Old Testament, you never see anybody casting the devil out of anybody? You never see anybody casting a demon out of anybody in the Old Testament. It's not found. 
Nobody cast the devil out. But Jesus came on the scene and he was casting them out all the time. I mean, he's just everywhere he went, he's casting out devils, demons. Why, why didn't people do that before then? Because before Jesus came, no man had authority over the devil. The rulers of the darkness of this world were in absolute control and people couldn't get out from their, from their bondage except by keeping the law and what that did, that, that put an umbrella of protection over them but the, but the reign of death was still there. It was all around them. All they had to do was just step out from under that umbrella and there's nothing they could do about it. The devil had absolute control but Jesus came in, in, into town Jesus walked into Capernaum and entered into the synagogue and there was a man there in the synagogue, you know, and, and Jesus began to preach and, and the Bible says that they were amazed at, at, at his teaching for he taught with, as one having authority. And there was a man there who, who had an unclean spirit. He had an unclean demon on the inside of him. He was demon possessed. And he cried out, oh, Jesus, have you come here to torment me before the time? Jesus said, come out of him. That evil spirit, that demon spirit came out and the people said, ooh, we've never seen anything like this before. This man, he even commands the unclean spirits and they come out. They, no one had ever seen that before on the planet. In the entire history of the human race, that had never happened before. No man had ever cast the devil out of anybody. People were just in bondage. Jesus came on the scene. He wasn't in bondage to anything. He didn't get here the way you and I got here. <laughs> he didn't come into the earth the same way you and I came into the earth. His, his, he, had a, he had a natural mama, but he had a supernatural father. Amen. His conception was different than ours. Isn't that right? He came into this earth absolutely free from any domain, any dominion, any control over him, he was submitted to no one but to God the Father. He said, the, the devil's coming, but he, hadn't, he doesn't have anything in me. He doesn't have anything. He doesn't have any part in me. He doesn't have any claim on me. Glory to God. And he cast out devils and he healed the sick. He, he exercised a dominion that man had never seen before since the Garden of Eden. <laughs> now, I'm gonna get back to the statement and then we'll close. If Jesus had redeemed us and all, and you have to understand this sounds like I'm, I'm dismissing, I'm not. If, if, if this is all there was, if all we had in redemption was forgiveness of sins, new birth, we go to heaven, that would be worth dancing and shouting the rest of my life for. People who sit in church, you know, and, and we're praising God and thinking about his goodness, and they're just sitting there and they're saying, go praise the Lord. I'm th I think to myself, I wonder what you're gonna look the first time you step into glory. And when you realize what you've been delivered from, the hell, the torment, the eternity away from God that you've been delivered from, and now you're in heaven, I don't think you're gonna walk into the, into the streets of gold and sit down on the curb and say, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> you're gonna be running and shouting and absolutely having a fit because you're so thankful for what God's done for you. Well, that's another message, though. 
So, so basic salvation is wonderful. But if God had saved us and had not defeated the devil and Satan and evil spirits and the rulers of the darkness of this world had been left in the, in the state they were in where they had dominion over man, we, our, our, our salvation would have been very tenable. I mean, we, it would have been very perilous because the enemy would put so much pressure I mean, as soon as he found someone born again, the evil spirits of this world would just, would just come over that person and do everything they could to get that person to recant and give up their salvation and say, no, it's not worth it. I don't believe this. Our salvation would be on, on a very, very uh, shaky foundation. But when he saved us, he set us free. And that's why whenever a person decides to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you know how difficult it would be to even get someone to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and to, and to ask him as Lord and Savior if the rulers of this darkness of this world were still in control? It'd be next to impossible. It says in Hebrews that the devil had the power of death. He had it. Jesus took it away from him. And that's why there's not a, I don't care how bad a person is. I don't care how, how, how mean a life they've lived, how sinful they are. You give them the word of God and the truth of the gospel. And if they decide to believe it, there's not enough demons on the planet can stop the worst one among us from just saying, you know what? I'm going to believe. I'm going to be born again. I'm going to come out of darkness. And they step right out of darkness into light. And there's nothing the devil can do about it because he's been defeated. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. It's, it, it means something, folks. Hallelujah. We have an inheritance. This year, in 2018, we need to take advantage of our inheritance and absolutely determine to walk in all of it. All of it. Not put up with sickness. Don't put up with infirmity. Don't put up with lack. Don't put up with sin, habits, compulsions. Don't put up with any darkness in our life. I, last week I, I, I said, you know, if you're going to keep doing the same things you did last year, you're going to have the same thing this year that you had last year. Some people did all through 2017 the same thing they all did through all 2016, and, they, and 2017 was an exact repeat of, 27, of, of 2016. Listen, don't repeat any failure of the past. Forget those things which are behind. Reach forward to those things which are ahead. God has planned victory for you. Go for that. You've been delivered. You've, I said you've been delivered from the authority of darkness. The rulers of the darkness of this world, if they had known what was going to happen when they crucified Jesus, that their stranglehold, their power over humanity was broken. They'd have never done it, but they did it. 
Why? They didn't have the wisdom of, this, of, of, of God. They had the wisdom of this age. Glory to God. We have the wisdom of God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.